0: Ready, set, hunt. and uh, it's Travis Curra, Sheldon Jones, the two and out CFL podcast as we wrap up semifinal weekend in the Canadian Football League. It starts with the Montreal Alouettes handling business against the Hamilton Tiger Cats 27 12, the final score. So much to talk about in this game. But I guess we'll start with the Hamilton quarterback situation. Matthew Schiltz gets the start right from the beginning for the Cats. I kind of thought it was going to be the other way around. Bo starts, and whatever happens, whether they want to change a pace or it's not going the way they want it to go, they'll switch the quarterbacks. How did you feel uh, at the beginning here when Schultz got the start?
1: Well, I, I'm kind of torn. I, I get it that maybe they think Montreal would have game planned for Bo more and so that they could throw that in there. But I'm with you. Like, I think it should have been Bo. I think his comments after the game kind of like put kind of everything into perspective a little bit. Like you, Bo has the playoff experience. He has, he's, he's been there. He knows what it takes and, and Schiltz, this is his first time. Right. So uh interesting choice. It, it didn't work out for them I think as we'll discuss later on I think they wait a little bit too long to make a change uh, quite quite too long uh, but that's probably why there's going to be two head coach vacancies pretty quickly here in the CFL
0: he didn't have the best game, Schultz, uh, 13 to 23, 144 yards, an interception. He also added 34 yards on four carries on the ground. Now, not all of the struggles are his fault to be clear. And hey, credit to the, the guys that are playing defense for the Alouettes because they had a good game here. Um, the cats were actually moving the ball early and they were doing well, even on that first possession, but. Yeah. But Keandre Smith has a very costly fumble. And the Ticats ended up losing the uh, turnover battle. And and that is just way more magnified in the playoffs. There were two interceptions and a fumble lost for the Ticats. But they hung around a, a little bit here. And I felt that they were mixing up the running game early. Uh, Tyreek McAllister getting the ball. Schultz was moving the ball. Uh, although Butler up the middle, it took them a while to get that going. In the first half, it wasn't having the most success. Uh, but Tyreek McAllister only got the one carry for seven yards. Uh, James Butler ended with a pretty nice day. 13 carries, 83 yards. So he had over six yards a carry. That's pretty good. But I found early on they had... You know, a, a nice drive where McAllister got a carry, Butler got a carry, Schiltz got a carry, and they just didn't stick with that, Sheldon.
1: No, and then you, you saw at halftime that, that that Coach O said that they needed to go back to that, and they, like, didn't still. Uh, that's, that's playoff football. You have to be able to yeah. pound the ball. You have to be able to set up play action. Uh, look – We'll talk about later, but look what happened in the first, like, play of the second game with what play action just looks like, yeah. right? So um, it's huge. And Butler, he had he had his bright spots this season, and, and this was just a game where he needed to be a lot brighter. Well, and he's
0: a big – he was the focal point of the offense, right? And, uh, look, 13 carries is a pretty good day at the office. You probably would have liked to have seen it closer to 20 at least uh, I think, uh, and he only had two catches. Butler can be pretty dangerous in the receiving game, but also Tim White, three targets, zero catches for number 12 for the Thai Cats. Look, if Tim White's not going... The tie Cats aren't going anywhere yeah. because, uh, you know, after Labor Day, they started to get a little bit more momentum, getting white the ball more and more and more. And Montreal had all the answers for that here.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, I, Montreal came to play and, and it just, it just didn't really seem, I think, after that fumble, the yeah. first drive, it just kind of, I think it deflated the Ticats. And I think that just, Stuck with them until they started getting going again, and then another interception. Yeah. Just, they just—they were very costly those two drives because they were good drives that they actually looked like they were moving the ball.
0: James Letcher early in the game and you know throughout the night was keeping Montreal in pretty good field position. He had five punt returns for seventy-three yards, including that twenty-five yarder earlier in the game. Uh, Montreal turned it into a field goal. They had a four-three lead early on, but it was kind of one of those those games that we've seen from Montreal. It's not really that fancy, but they don't turn the ball over. And Fajardo did have an interception, but it was one of those where it's like on the opposition's five-yard line, so if they're going to take advantage of it, they got to go over 100 yards kind of thing. But he had two touchdowns, 15 to 23, 212. It's not a sexy stat line by any means, but where he was really dangerous was 62 yards rushing on four carries. Anytime Cody decided to take off, Hamilton, they weren't ready
1: for it. What did that remind you of? I'll be... (laughs) 2013, Darian Durant playing BC. Fajardo took the. He hasn't been running as much. Durant <laughs> wasn't as running as much. He he just took the game into his legs, and he got those hard first downs when he needed it. And that when I like the first time, I was like, okay. And then once it got to like the third or fourth time that he just you know it, they weren't designed runs. He just saw an opening and went right. So it just kind of reminded me a lot of Derry and how he toughed out and got those big first downs in the third and fourth quarter against the BC Lions that year in the semifinals as well. I actually, Darien came to mind to me when I was watching
0: BC Calgary. Now, just that because is. the way, now BC smashed Calgary, we'll get to the game, but uh, just the way the talk and the chatter has been surrounding VA, Oh, he's mm-hmm. done. He can't win the big one.
1: Which one's going to show
0: up? Yeah. So, yeah, I could. S- there's some strange. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> Either of these guys, they could meet in the Grey Cup. They've got a lot of momentum yep. after winning the semifinal. If they mm-hmm. start fast and maintain that in the division finals, both teams got a chance here. Uh, It was 7-6 Montreal with like 4.45 to go in the first half. So there was a lot of runs and it was a clean game. There wasn't penalties until the end. (laughs) We'll
1: we'll talk about that. It's too bad.
0: It kind of overshadows uh, the game. But there was a big moment at the end of the first half where Stavros Katzintonis lays into Austin Mack. And Mack... Ooh, he had a little bit of spaghetti legs walking off the field. And this could have gone either way. It could have been momentum in Hamilton's favor or in Montreal's favor. You get up, you want to answer back those big hits and show that defense. You're not going anywhere. And that's the direction it went. Because Schultz gets picked off deep in his own end. At the end of the first half, it's Darnell Sankey off of the deflection. And then, like, the next play, Austin Max back onto the field. He scores a touchdown. It's 14-6 Montreal with 44 seconds to go in the first half. What a momentum swing. And just a dagger giving up that late score at the end of that half.
1: As a Ryder fan, it reminded me of quite a few games down the stretch of something (laughs) happening right before the half. But, yeah, no, that's... And, and, and for that to happen at home, you get to build off the crowd energy that happens when you get that interception deep in your own, in the zone. And so kudos to Sankey getting that ball. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, as somebody who had nothing, no skin in the game watching it, it's just, it's amazing to see the momentum take over like that. And, and that's basically where the game kind of left after that. It, It just seemed again, Hamilton was super deflated and you lose all that possible momentum of being only down one point going into half. And then now you're down eight points, just like that. And what a year for
0: Austin Mack, uh, a rookie season in the CFL. He only had three catches for 46 yards in this one, but obviously that touchdown at the end of the half, I guess it ended up being the game winner. Uh, Mm -hmm. Hamilton didn't score any more than 14. So uh, that was obviously a big score. Now, After halftime, Montreal continue to chip away. They start the second half with a field goal. And this is when I started to watch Hamilton and wonder when's Bo going to get in? When when is he going to get in there and uh, spark the Ticat offense? And it just didn't happen. But it was, and I'm trying to think like, when would have been the proper time? After Montreal gets that field goal to open up the half, uh, Hamilton has a big play to Omar Bayless. He makes a great, great catch. And they get a field goal of their own. So it's only 17-12. Uh, yeah. they, they had opportunities here. There were 17-9 at that point. But Schultz gets in there, and I think Montreal's defense really turned it on. They started pressuring him, and he wasn't getting much done. I feel like if Hamilton was going to make this decision, they had to do it quickly. After maybe one series where it seems like Schultz isn't seeing it, and really, they weren't scoring sixes. <laughs> they were scoring threes. They, they just needed to do anything to, to finish a drive, and who knows if Bo would have been able to do it. But... I I guess that that's the question that is gonna be lingering over this game and the end of this season for the next six months in Hamilton.
1: Like you if when you put a quarterback in, there's obviously that chance of like just a really quick momentum change, but they also need time to get into the game zone, I feel. And so if you wait till six minutes left in the fourth quarter That's not a good spot. That's not giving – that's like mop-up time. That's like we already know that this game's over. Get in there and we don't want any injuries at our quarterback. What does it – like – so he needed to go in in, if not right at halftime, like middle of the third quarter. That's the time that you got to put him in. And so I'm questioning why Steinhauer didn't want to put him in there, why Milanovic didn't want him in there. Like it's very interesting. Very interesting. Because – it
0: was in the fourth quarter. Hamilton ended up having a, a pretty nice drive. Uh, it was they had a fourteen play, sixty five yard drive, and the big moment here was second and ten on the Montreal twenty eight. Darnell Sankey sacks Schultz. So they had to kick a field goal on third and 21. So now they're down five. And I think maybe that is the moment where you put Bo out for the next drive. Yeah. But Montreal, the drive that they had following that almost made it a moot point a little bit. They go seven plays, 70 yards to score a touchdown. So I think that one was another dagger score against the Ticats. Like they pull in within kind of one score and they got a chance. And then the owls just shove it down their throat. And uh, I guess a shout out to Jake Hardy, who had six catches all year. And he's the one that scored the touchdown to put the Ls up 23-12 before the point after. And uh, Jake Hardy has been a guy that has battled through a lot. Battled through injury issues. So three catches, 31 yards, a touchdown in this game. Good for him. I mean, he, he he's involved in the situation at the uh, end of the game as well. But uh, Jason Moss pulling out some tricks out of the hat, including a big uh, 21-yard play to the fullback, James Tuck, and obviously Jake Hardy with a crucial touchdown uh, to kind of take any wind out of Hamilton's sails there.
1: Yeah, and, and I think you actually called that last show when you said playoffs is the time when usually there's a receiver who comes out of nowhere and does something spectacular, We forgot about right? so, Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So so good 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 on you for that one. And uh yeah, it's actually good to see Jake Hardy because he had a really rough time when he was in Saskatchewan here and we didn't really actually get to see what he could really do because of all the injuries, right? So good to see him have that. Uh they He's one of those older he's kind of like the older veteran Canadian yeah. the, the raw bag type on the team there so it's good for him to to get in there and get get a touchdown i'm sure he's been waiting a long time for that feeling he was so, he's throwing out the bird that was that was awesome
0: so so then it was that moment after that Jake Hardy touchdown, that Bo ends up coming into the game. But at this point, they're down 12, six and a half minutes to go. And I thought Bo actually had a really good throw to Omar Bayless. But I guess an even better play by Marc Antoine Ducroix to break that up. In the playoffs, I, I think the receiver has got to make the play. It obviously it wasn't an easy play to make, so credit to the L's defense for breaking that up. But Bo, he got the ball to the right place. I guess he could argue maybe <laughs> shouldn't have thrown with two defenders that had a shot at breaking up uh, at breaking up the ball there. But hey, you want to talk about clairvoyance? What about Sean Lemon, who was asked before the game, "How are you game planning for both of these guys?" She well, got a shot. I'm gonna sack both of them. He sacks <laughs> Schiltz. Then after that play to Omar Baylitz gets broken up. Sean Lemon, the big sack, forcing obviously like third and twenty-three for the Tight Cats and a punt. What a clutch sack by by number zero. But they, I think, yeah. they only rushed three. So there sick. were some offensive line issues in in Hamilton too that uh when they send three guys Bo didn't have much time it's not like he was back there for seven
1: seconds looking for a receiver he didn't
0: have time to get set at all
1: yeah it uh uh, I think he got a rough a rough break there like uh, it's just it was tough for him to get in any momentum and even that the next series when he threw the pick like he put the ball in the right spot like it was right where the receiver should have been able to get it uh so I know a lot of people are down on Bo. And I think a lot of people think that this uh, cements that he's done. And that, that sucks because Bo is like one of the last elite quarterbacks we've had in this league for a while. Like him, you know, Riley. Uh, and then the next
0: step is probably Trevor Harris. Really?
1: Yeah. yeah. Of and that generation of that even? generation. Yeah. 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 and, and it's just I I hate seeing elite quarterbacks going out in less than elite ways. Uh, I sent him a, a post or X, whatever you want to call it, saying that earlier because I hated Bo as a player. I hated him until that first CFL week we had in Regina when I got to find out what Bo the person was because He's they had He's a great a guy to
0: talk to, man.
1: Great guy. They had a panel with it was him, it was Matt Nichols, and it was Riley. They were the, the three quarterbacks were there, and you just found out that they're just regular dudes. And I like, I know I knew that, but it just it, it humanized the this guy that I thought was just a cocky piece of <laughs> whenever he played the Riders, right? And I used to think that about too. Yeah, but so, and then there was. I'll admit it. I was one of the people who did want to see. The riders land him because I thought that coming here might have lit a fire under his ass, and I don't know, but I just it sucks because I, I I think he, I think this is it for him, and and it, and it sucks. You
0: think that's the end of his career?
1: Well, I just look on the landscape and what teams will be looking for a quarterback next year cuz i don't think he's i don't think he's the type of guy who's going to you know be a that veteran backup yeah. when he can just go be on the CFL panel tomorrow and he can like he's done it in the past Grey Cups and he's been awesome on the Grey Cup week so i think that's his next step in his career why not just go there now cuz unless he's going to go to Ottawa that's really the only other team, like It's funny, Calgary should have him back. <laughs> well, I, I was gonna say, like, maybe maybe Dave realizes that Mayer wasn't the guy and gives Bo another chance in Calgary, but that would be that would be quite funny, seeing all the Calgary fans have to change their their tunes on him like that again. But I just it sucks. It's kinda yeah. like the way Matt Nichols went out a little bit too. And and Matt Nichols wasn't elite. He was just a game manager quarterback, but it just I just I like to see guys go out on top, you know, like Hank and like Riley kind of. And but like, it just I guess no, he didn't really go out on top. No, either. He, yeah. he he went out yeah. getting the yeah. crap beat out of him the final two seasons.
0: And look, man, not every actually 98% few, of careers yeah. have a yeah. sad ending. Yeah like I, I don't want to remind you of Ricky Ray's last time on a football field when it could have ended in the 105th Grey Cup beating Calgary in the snow in Ottawa yeah but he came back and damn like it's sad it's it's tough yeah. to to see that and that's kind of recent Canadian football history and i yeah. credit to and Bo, yeah. the way he handled last year Ending the that season on the bench, Mm -hmm. and this year two stints on the six game injured list, and then doesn't start the playoff game. He tried to handle, and I think he did handle that locker room interview with grace, but then he He was blunt. (laughs) He basically said, "If you're not going to be starting your highest paid player in the playoff game, I don't." foresee myself being here. And that's that's what Bo said. I don't know if he's done in the CFL. (laughs) I that's
1: weird to say, man. It's weird. He's He's the winningest quarterback in CFL
0: history. But a lot of injury problems and they're adding up and uh that doesn't help, obviously. Mm -hmm. It it was weird. Like he was on such a pace. (laughs) We're getting to the age where uh, this podcast is almost as old as some careers in the league, you know? <laughs> so yeah. Bo was only in the league for a season or two when two and out started. And he was on such a pace where he was just winning every game. And that winning percentage to start his career was incredible. And then the, the last couple of years, it's, mm. it's tough. And Hamilton's got a lot of questions. Uh, to answer here, and I, at the end of the game, after the Lemon sack, it was really William standback the closer, mm-hmm. comes in, and it was like the cats were done. They had no answer. Stanback, a 38-yard run, uh, then a 10-yard run, and then he gets a one-yard run, but then Cody Fajardo runs for 11 yards. And stand back ended up adding another eight yards to that drive before they kick another field goal to uh, take that 27 12 lead that would be the end of the game. Um, Beau comes in, gets interception, gets intercepted by Marc Antoine DeCroix. And then Montreal gets the ball again, 48 seconds to go. And this is when we have the incident. It was, it was strange watching it on TV because, I thought it was Philpott that started. <laughs> like, if you watch the where the mm-hmm. ball went, he ends up shoving a guy, and then the next camera shot is the benches and a melee. But then they zoom out to the wide shot. And I've watched this play lots since the game happened. When it was happening, when it happened, I was all like, well, Chris Edwards did get egged on a bit. <laughs> it looks like Hardy grabs his face mask a little bit, and then Edwards kind of snaps. Like, really? He took shocker. it too far. He took that's it too a shocker. Far. And uh, clearly, when he's losing and he's about to get eliminated from the playoffs, he took it way too far, man. He wrestled him to the ground, and then it did look like he threw a punch as well Mm -hmm. uh, on
1: the wide shot. He didn't wrestle him to the ground. He, like, threw him to the ground by his face mask. Yeah.
0: And then, of course, the bench is clear, and we have a melee there. It's just with Edwards. It's just, it's not the first, the second, or the third time, man. (laughs) It's happening far too often. And this is actually something I think that was a concern with the Thai Cats to start the season, getting Edwards, Duke Williams, all these guys into the same room. And I guess Edwards was the last one on the field uh, in the playoff game, and that's what happened, Sheldon.
1: Yeah, I uh... – I don't want to steal Coach Phil's gimmick, so I won't. But, like, I, I was pretty hot when I saw that. Like, like it f- pisses me off when I see players taking liberties like that. Because, again, it's not the first time. And I know I've come on here saying that Micah Awe is dirty. And he's not a dirty player, but he makes dirty hits. But at least when Micah Awe makes those dirty hits, it's between the whistles. That's fair. At least when Big Hill launches himself like Ralph Wiggum through the Simpsons front window, it's during a play. Yeah. And this is outside of the play, and that's he needs to be suspended for the start of next season if a team is going to give him another chance, but it has to be a major suspension. None of this one game, it needs to be, you know, three, four games to send a message saying that this isn't acceptable. And I also want to say I 100% agree with what the TSN cameras caught Jason Moss saying to the official. Can I say that was some great just broadcasting and yes. just also
0: some of the best footage I've seen during a football game, like,
1: ever? Yes. Yeah. No, it was It was like you're watching, like, a live episode of Hard Knocks for, like, a little bit there because they were so tight on it. and And I'm glad they didn't
0: move after the F-bomb.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. They were like, "Okay, if he drops another one,"
0: <laughs> but there was
1: a there was a lot of f bombs and, and a lot of swearing was. caught on 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 the in these games. But, but he's right; it's that hundred
0: percent causes a key any Alouette player to miss the East final, whether it's by injury or by suspension. Yeah,
1: that is that is brutal. Because, you, well, you see, and the one person that maybe it would is Antwi because he's the one yeah. who he left the bench, which I, you can't do that. So you gotta, you gotta find him for that. But you don't suspend him given the circumstance, because all he was doing was going to stand up for his boy who just got thrown to the ground by his face mask by some dirty piece <laughs> of who shouldn't be in the league anymore. There you go, Jock. You're getting the elk calls this week. <laughs> Um, yeah, I
0: just watched the play again,
1: like, <laughs> and, and, and maybe Hardy is trying to get that out of Chris Edwards because he, he knows that that's something that's going to happen. And, and that's fine. There's 40 seconds left in the game. There's really no, no but need for that to happen. He's done with
0: it. Like the play, like once the play's done, Hardy looks like he's, he wants to walk yeah. away. Yeah. Cause and you then, play it to the whistle. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. And it's just. But
0: earlier this year, Edwards pushed Austin. He goes to shake his hand. Yeah. With Austin Mac, and then push like that was something straight out of Monday Night
1: Raw, man. He's like, smacked, he, yeah, he like <laughs> open hand smacked him on the side of the face mask, right? Didn't he? Like, I, yeah.
0: I think he just shoved him over, kind of. Was thing. it just shoving? Okay. But the like what? So yeah. there's a there's a history between Edwards and the Alouettes.
1: Yeah. So. There's a history between Edwards and everyone. Yeah. Edwards and the Riders when he was with Toronto with him and Duke. And then yeah, there was another yeah. time, there was another game where he started crap against the Riders. I think it was like later in that season, later in yeah. last season, he got ejected in a game of Mosaic, if I remember correctly. Like it's just enough's enough. And you, you you have to send a message to the players who came off the bench to say that you can't do that, but you also have to, because there is also, I don't know if you saw this too, but one of the Montreal players got bumped into an official and the official yeah, got knocked down too. So, so if hard. that so if that if they suspend the player for knocking down the official who got pushed into by somebody else, like that's again bull crap, right? Like the only person who should have been ejected from that game, in my opinion, was Edwards. Give penalties to everyone who came off the bench, give fines to everyone who came off the bench. But just...
0: They have some hard decisions to make, and it's just a shame that this overshadows what the Alouettes did and achieved,
1: yep. you know? Yeah. No, it's true. Man,
0: I I don't want to be in the league office for this decision. Like, I, I do feel like if it was a regular season game, and I, I, and I know that we want the games to be officiated the same in July as they are in November, but they never are. <laughs> we, oh. we know that. Yeah. I, uh, I, I can't wait to see what happens here. Maybe they just announced fines, and we'll see what they say with Edwards here. Um, but the bottom line is, it, it just looks like Edwards being a bit of a a baby after losing yep. in the playoffs. Uh, his team scored no touchdowns. Bottom line, the Alouette's defense was all over the Ty Cats, and uh, what happens? with the Ticats.
1: Kojo gone? Has to be. In my opinion, he has to be. You you had two chances at a home Grey Cup in three years. You got destroyed when you made it to the Grey Cup, and now you don't even make it to the second round. Yeah. It's, it's no different than in other other teams like when you, I know I always come back to riders so because I'm a rider fan, so I'm sorry about that, everybody. But it's no different than Craig Dickinson. He 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 didn't improve. He steadily declined. So they chose not to keep not to keep him. So
0: two straight Grey Cup appearances and now it's regressed. So yeah,
1: yeah, and it's just. But the thing is, like, and I know I I kind of have been wanting Milanovic to come to to Saskatchewan, but. At the same time, is Hamilton really going to want Milanovic now that, like, they didn't do anything offensively in this game? And they, like, so it'll be interesting to see. Uh, He does, I think, O has one more year left on his deal. So if they don't get rid of this stupid cap penalties for the coach's cap, they're going (laughs) to have to eat that salary.
0: Yeah, or, or like, is he going to do the whole lame duck thing like Saskatchewan did this year? I, I, I doubt that they'll do that, but uh, I guess, you know, there's not a nicer guy, I think, in the CFL than uh, Bob Young with the Thai Cats. so <laughs> I feel for him, you know? <laughs> I, I want to see Bob get his great cup, but it's not happening this year as uh, the Montreal Alouettes get set. Uh, maybe they'll get the Horn guy in the BMO field. What do you think? I think it's going to be a rocket atmosphere in Toronto.
1: I, I hope Toronto can sell it out. Like, I think they're last I saw it was at 21. 22, 21. Oh, yeah, 22, so, good. Yeah, I think it was 22. So, and, and guys, it's, it's loud when there's only 15,000 people in there. Those Argo fans are loud, man. And they're banging on those metal seats and everything. So imagine what it's going to be like with 25, let's say, yeah. in there. It's going to like, so even if even if the horn guy gets in there maybe he'll be drowned out by the actual crowd who knows i think this
0: is a massive game for the argos franchise and the cfl i think all the pressure is on toronto all of it
1: yeah Uh, yeah because montreal gets to go in there and just be the the underdogs and they get to be the world beaters if and try to be the world beaters and and everyone's been doubting them since the beginning of the season. I'm yeah. sure, like we did, we thought yeah. that they were going to be crappy because they were way behind on the eight ball on free agency because of the ownership issue. Yeah, they lost Trevor Harris. He did. He was going to resign, but he didn't because he didn't know what was going on. Gino, Gino, uh, Winicky, <laughs> who didn't do it all for us anyway. <laughs> uh, but but they they lost impact players. They got other teams per perceived scraps like Cody Fajardo. Yeah. And a, a, a scapegoat <laughs> a, yeah, a scapegoat <laughs> offensive coordinator. And and Jason Moss, like, he should be winning coach of the year. I know Dinwiddie did great. I know O'Shea just did the status quo that O'Shea does. But Jason Moss, it's like the Vegas Golden Knights of the first year. Of the expan- they were just a band of misfits who got yeah. together, yeah. bought into a system, made it to the Stanley Cup. So can Montreal do that this time? We'll see. That's called a tease for next for next show, boys.
0: <laughs> the the Alouettes sweep the Thai Cats. Man, the, the Cats got swept by the Argos and the Alouettes in 2023. Whoa, that's a lot of losses.
1: Yeah, that's man. that's. <laughs> That's again that's percent
0: of their losses.
1: The the one thing we have to remind remember about Montreal, and then we can move on to the next game if you want. They are undefeated against teams with a lesser record than them, and they're they are winless against the teams better than them. So now it's it's what's gonna happen. They've been close to Toronto, so now they've got
0: momentum and belief, I think. So we'll we'll see. I we'll talk about it next week. And now we're off to Vancouver. The BC Lions advance to the West Final after beating the Calgary Stampeders fifth forty 30 Now I don't know does the score flatter Calgary? I don't think so. I think Calgary did bit. have they had their opportunities here. Sheldon, what were you thinking? You know, three minutes into the game. Uh Jake Mayer hits Bagleton, hits Mark and Michelle. It's 7 0 Stampeders early. They came out flying, man.
1: Yeah, no, I that's what Calgary can do. They uh I said it before Like they they know they have a credible threat at running back in Kadeem Carey, and they're able to use play action without even running a play before that. So I was – what my initial thoughts were, if BC doesn't match here, they're screwed. (laughs) But they did.
0: And early they didn't match. Like, Calgary actually had another opportunity because uh, BC had an illegal punt. Mm -hmm. The Stamps got the ball in good field position. But in the back half of the season, bounces like this did not go BC's way. If there was the ball hitting the DB in the hands – It was hitting the ground. Well, Mm -hmm. Gary Peters hung on to the ball, but maybe with a cost. Gary Peters runs into Ben Halatic, who had a great season as a Canadian linebacker, over 100 tackles on the year. Peters was down on the field as well, but it was that interception that really uh, launched the Lions offense into – high gear because uh, the Lions made Calgary pay for that mistake. And uh, very quickly it was 7-7 after the Lions go 75 yards on nine plays and end in a Javon Katoy touchdown. Now, (laughs) maybe we were reading too much into that, I guess, week 20 game between the Stamps and the Lions because Calgary had a little bit of that same game plan where there were three or four guys rushing and the rest in coverage. But VA was on his game, and he picked it apart all night, Sheldon.
1: Yeah, big play VA came out to play. He, the, we always – everyone talks about how there's two different Vernon Adams. There's the the guy who can light it up like this and score 40 points, or you know he can throw five or six picks – when he's only done that a few times compared to he's had a lot of good games. So I think that's, I think we're starting to get into ridiculousness with people keep saying when's the, what's the real Vernon, but he, he willed it. Like you said before, he, he was playing like Darian Duran in 2013. He, he willed it. He found his targets. He, he, That one play where it looked like he was going to get sacked for sure, and he got out of there, and he found—I think it was Hatcher downfield. Like he, it big play came to play. That's all. That's all we can really say. It's a good bet that
0: it was Hatcher because he had nine catches, 195 yards, and a touchdown here. I, I can't. I I can't tell you that Jake Mayer had a bad game, like. There were Serviceable. Two, two turnovers there, but the, the the biggest problem here is the five field goals.
1: That's yeah, it. I I was keeping track at, at I think it was at the end of the first half where, or just coming up to the first half where they BC and and Calgary had the same amount of scoring plays, mm. but Calgary had one touchdown and four field goals, right. and, and BC had five touchdowns. No, four touchdowns in one. I whatever, but when you score seven instead of three, you're going to win the game if you consistently do that. Like Randy per- per- is probably one of the best kickers ever. Maybe yeah. not as good as Louis, but was this his last game? If it was, he went out with a hell of a hell of a game for him.
0: <laughs> it seems like the past few years, it's been like, is this my last game? He's been busy with doing the firefighting thing in uh, yeah in Calgary as well. Um but I I think Louie just has this unmatched longevity,
1: you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's nobody like, will be able to beat that. Like
0: Yeah, playing for as long as he did. And McCallum had some pretty good longevity as well. Um something about that BC life, I guess. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. And maybe, maybe Sean White. Maybe he's going to be the next guy. Like yeah. there have been, well, you think of McCallum when he went to BC. I think a lot of people at that point of his career thought maybe he was done. Yep. But then he continued to have some of the best seats. And Sean White this year, one of the best kicking seasons in CFL history. I guess maybe kicking in the friendly confines of BC Place doesn't hurt. But <laughs> they've sure had uh, the luxury of having some great kickers in their history. I think the moment like in the first quarter when you knew VA was on first and 20 after a holding call. Yeah. And then he hits Dom rhymes for 23 yards. And a lot of these were a lot of red and white jerseys in the area and they couldn't make the play. So he was throwing them into tight windows and had himself an incredible game. I mean, he had the one passing touchdown. Obviously, well he had two passing touchdowns at the end of the day. He also had himself uh three rushing touchdowns. Uh, I that think trick. only I think only one of them was one of those uh, goal line plunges. The rest were yep. pretty impressive runs and I think there were some questions regarding his health. He came in fresh and uh he got job done here, but the Lions the defense was flying all over the place they ran into each other Peters and Halatic TJ Lee almost got (laughs) I think he almost got knocked out by one of his own guys, what did you think about Calgary going for the first quarter challenge on a five yard play on first down now it, (laughs) they got it right so it's, yeah. I guess it's – well, at least they won the challenge. So it's nice to have the challenge won, but you mentioned VA in the pocket evading, you know, a sack. He hits Hatcher, and then he runs it in. So they scored a touchdown on the drive anyway, but a quite a big risk to throw the challenge flag in the first quarter on a five-yard play.
1: <laughs> that's, that's just classic Dave Dickinson, though, right? Like he – He's very sporadic and very, I think, emotional when he challenges plays. And he all, he often does it early and loses. And so I think... I think it was Jock on Twitter who said like the coaches have like a twenty six percent efficiency or something this year for challenges.
0: Horrible, yeah. So that's
1: that's bad. Like,
0: well, actually, my wife said they should maybe take away the fishing ones in the fourth quarter and then revisit the stats.
1: Yeah, maybe (laughs) it might be more fair. (laughs) Yeah, Um, but. It, the right yeah, he won the challenge and that's and that's great. But yeah. why are you even risking the challenge on a five yard play when it's not a if if I'm a head coach and maybe this isn't why or this is why I'm not a head coach, but I'm not challenging probably anything in the first quarter unless it's like a scoring play or if I am gonna get the ball at the one yard line or something like that, because you just don't know if you're gonna need that later in the game. Mm-hmm. And and he's 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 always been re- willing to risk it early and but he he's he's there and I'm here so I guess he's doing something right.
0: <laughs> I think the stamps just couldn't afford to get into a track meet with the lions, and that's what happened. I, I think they needed to slow the game down, yeah, and kind of make it a at least on their side pound the ball a mm-hmm. little bit and just kind of eat clock and but but they kind of dared BC to let's play the track meet by how they handled their first drive, you know? And then it's nice to be up seven nothing, but all it really did was light a fire under BC and uh Calgary had opportunities uh after the Lions were up 14 seven after the first quarter. Um BC gave Calgary a fresh set of downs. They took a roughing the punter penalty. Uh, so Calgary's drive extended, but it became all so familiar. It just ended in a field goal there. And they had no answers for Vernon Adams. And I, I know that they were hyping up the linebackers, Cam Judge, Micah Awe, but they they needed to make a play. And they Uh just couldn't do it. It was (laughs) 21-10 in a hurry, and you're just falling behind, falling behind. And then they reach into the pocket, and we got to give props to Calgary for this. So many great plays from Vernon Adams. But Bryce Bell, the offensive lineman for... (laughs) the Calgary Stampeders, What a play getting number 66, the big man in the open field. Look at those hands on him. Don't tell me he
1: doesn't have good hands, Sheldon. I <laughs> linemen have great hands. They just are never given the opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> I I remember back when I was playing football like in grade 9. I was I got called up there are the June, I was on the junior team and our season ended and the high school team had a few more games left. So we went to practice with them. And we were doing a a drill and there was a, I got a pass and I just stretched out for it and (laughs) caught it as, and like, holy, (gasps) you're a lineman, you sure got hands. And I was like, of course I do. But, um, lineman, like, you gotta love a fat guy play. Like, you gotta love it when they, and, and it, it's, it's very funny how they lined up in that, on that, uh, in that formation because it's not like he was the third tight end. He was like just in the tackle position, but he was yep. still that tight end. And he obviously, re, you know, recorded himself. And so obviously BC was sleeping there, not listening, but like, hell of a catch. He made a move to yeah. seek out a defender. And it's like, <laughs> It's like, oh, it's just too bad it wasn't for a touchdown because the yeah. only thing better than a, a fat guy play is a fat guy touchdown. But so I, I, I liked I liked that a lot, yes.
0: Now that drive ended and you guessed it, another field goal. Uh two oh six left in the first half. It's twenty one thirteen uh for the BC Lions. But Sheldon, the end of the first half in the East game, Montreal with the dagger touchdown, the end of the first half in this game, they gave V.A. the ball with two minutes left. He hits Hatcher through a tight window. He's slicing. He's dicing. He's even got anchovies on his pizza. 18 seconds left. In Have you ever had anchovies? Not
1: knowingly. Okay. Oh, I guess... Well, and Caesar salad, I guess, because yeah. it's in dressing. That's what I was. My just wife was say. not a fan when she found that out.
0: <laughs> when I uh, I worked at Pizza Hut for a summer, and I think somebody only ordered anchovies once. It was like this one can that we get refreshed <laughs> when the one guy would order it. <laughs> really, <laughs> you're ordering this, but anyway. v uh, <laughs> nope, a hear me. Scores a touchdown with uh, 18 seconds to go. It's 28 13. Again, those late touchdowns in a game just absolutely crush a guy.
1: Yeah, and they got the ball to start the second half too. It's not like Calgary had a chance to just get off to some momentum coming out of the break because they did it again. Like they just kept going. Well, I guess I guess Calgary again
0: had a chance. Yeah. They uh, they they forced a fumble on. Uh, BC's first possession in the second half. I actually thought it was going to be incomplete. I think we've seen a a few plays this year where it's kind of a bang-bang. The guy catches the ball, takes a step, drops it. They call it incomplete, but in this case, they ended up calling it a fumble. Gideon mm-hmm. Carey gets a big run, but the Stamps again <laughs> turn it into three points.
1: It's got to be very frustrating for Stamps fans uh, because that's that's just so dis- disheartening when you make it yeah. it's the second time in the game when you 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 get a turnover and you can't you you capitalize on points but not the right points because then that kind of just gives momentum back to the team that gave up the ball because they were able to yeah. stop it and and force a field goal right so that's that's not how you're going to win playoff games
0: And it was the second half where we started to see some of those mistakes from the BC Lions defense. They've led the league in uh, defensive penalties over the last uh, several weeks here. And this is something, and I know that the game was in hand, but they can't do this against Winnipeg. They ended up forcing a fumble on Jake Mayer, but BC ended up being offside. So then another field goal for the Calgary Stampeders. So here they're, they're hanging around. Uh, yeah. 28-19 was the score at that point. So clearly they're still in it. But here is another moment. First and 20, Vernon Adams Jr. takes off and gets the first down. That Calgary Stampeders defense, I know they have players, and I know they've got talent. Mm -hmm. But in two separate instances, when you have them in first and 20 and you give up the first down, yeah, you're not going to win that game. And and (laughs) that's what happened here, right? Like, it was brutal.
1: Yeah, like I don't know, like obviously Calgary is accept, probably expecting them to do a short little dump-off throw there, but they didn't protect the middle of the field, and you got to have a guy spying Vernon Adams when you're in that situation. And yeah. usually Cam Judge is that guy who's spying the quarterback, and usually it actually works out for them because he had a hell of a season. I don't know how he wasn't an all-star, but that's that's another story. Uh, <laughs> but it's it's just – uh, yeah it's a dagger that that's kind of when I was like okay yeah this game is over like I don't I Calgary's not coming back from this yeah, I
0: thought maybe they had a chance up until about that drive even though they were sticking around with just the threes but again that first and 20 <laughs> and and VA just that that that's right to the heart that's you know that's garlic and the vampire that's mm. uh, me and chocolate cake it's just not gonna Me and any cake, man. Actually, I'll tell you what. I baked brownies today. Mm. And they're always better the next day. So I'm trying to wait. (laughs) And it's already torture because the recipe says after you put the icing on the top, you have to wait two hours for it to set and then you cut it. Like, how am I going to wait two hours? And then Taylor is saying, well... You got to wait till tomorrow. It's going to be better. I don't know if I can do it, Sheldon.
1: Well, I'm pretty sure you got to test one tonight to make oh, okay. sure it Maybe is I'll better. Maybe I'll we'll have one. So it'll be 3 then. <laughs> yeah, I'll do one. I'll do one. Yeah. You know me too well.
0: Uh, Vernon Adams Jr., he ended up having seven rushes for 54 yards, but the timing of those rushes, two of them over 10 yards, one over 20, and there was some short yardage stuff bringing the average down a bit. But man, the, uh, the timing of those runs. And that's, and I think maybe that's his growth as a quarterback. I think a young quarterback will run all the time and, uh, you yeah. know, take off probably when they didn't need to. But as the quarterback settles down and the you know, the defense stops paying attention to that threat of the run, Winnipeg's gonna have to be looking for that uh, coming up on Saturday.
1: Yeah, and I, I think going back to the previous game, I think Cody's done that as well. He's not the trigger happy runner that he was in his first season as a starter with the the riders. So it's good to see the maturity in those two uh, quarterbacks who both of them have been faced a lot of adversity and both of them do have a lot of fans who really do want to see them succeed. So it's, it's good to see both of them winning today. Scary
0: moment in this game. Uh, BC goes up 38, 19. And then on the ensuing kickoff, Peyton Logan ends up uh, colliding with a BC lion and, Man, he was knocked out. Jack Hinsperger, number 43 of the BC Lions. Uh It was just one of those things. Special teams is sometimes six car wrecks going on at once, and it's probably the most dangerous play in almost all of sports, um, those plays on a football field. And uh, both guys ended up being down for, you know, five to ten minutes, but both walked off the field dude yeah. that makes you feel good i mean hopefully both guys are okay going forward yeah. and there's no you know serious long term injuries and effects here but man that that was that was hard to watch
1: well yeah and and when you see a player down for that long you don't expect them to get up and you expect yeah. them to get carded off, maybe give yeah. the thumbs up to show that everything's okay. So obviously the training staff yeah. must've tested must've figured out that there was no, no loss of mobility or anything like that. Like they had sensation everywhere. Cause if there was even a chance that there was a, yeah. a, a neck injury there, uh, they wouldn't or a spinal injury. I mean, they wouldn't have, have let them get up. So that's definitely promising. And, but you see the NFL, they're taking away the kickoff basically by, you mm-hmm. know, 98% of the kickoffs are touchbacks. So I wonder if something like this might do something similar up here. Not certain. I do like kickoff returns. It's very, especially on the wider field, it's, you know, kick returns are are, are exciting to watch, but at, we got to be work looking out for player safety and, Yeah, from what I understand,
0: and I don't understand or I couldn't repeat all the science to you, but the the angles on a CFL field kind of prevent a lot of these collisions like this. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, So we don't see it as often, but and I I think the special teams part of our game is what separates us from anyone else. So, yeah, you got to be safe. You're right. It kind of just looked like a... They yeah, both it's, it's, had their heads down, kind of thing, yeah. and
1: yeah, yeah. I'm not saying they should change it. I'm just right. saying, like, I wonder course, if 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 this happen, if this does happen again, yeah, and if it happens yeah. frequently, then they might have to look at it. But I, we're just we're just all glad that they got up and exactly. they seem to be okay. So exactly. hopefully, hopefully, never have that again because you never want to see an. And imagine if the the players were getting carted off or something like it. Just imagine the teams having to play after something like that. Like you, yeah. like the the Damar Hamlin incident in Buffalo and stuff like that. Like tough. So I'm sure it was it was a big sigh of, or a big sigh of relief for all of the players and everyone involved that they could go back out there and realize that their guys were okay.
0: I think the <laughs> fact that they both got up, the the players are like, all right,
1: let's yeah. go. <laughs> Well, yeah, because you saw like all the BC guys were all cuddled together and Uh, like for prayer and stuff, and so I'm like, oh man, like this. And then you see you hear clapping, and he's get he got up, and we're like, and they they looked rough, like they looked like they did, they they, did, they definitely both got their bells rung. You could tell when they were walking off, that they were looking very confused. Uh, Yeah, but luckily, no permanent damage. Hopefully. We'll, it's we'll funny because what Taylor
0: said is kind of a contrast. You know, the end of the Montreal-Hamilton game, the players are throwing fists in this game. I know it wasn't the end of the game, but everybody's yeah. kind of uniting. Everybody wants to be safe on yeah. uh, on the football field. So, I mean, after that, uh, ended up uh, getting into third down territory for the Stampeders, and uh, they take a procedure on uh, third and four I actually thought that maybe should have went BC's way.
1: It was so close. It was like frame by frame. And you could tell that they were that Al Bradbury wanted to get it right. You could tell. <laughs> like it
0: it could have been first down. I mean, it would have yeah. been still a 19-point spread at that time. Yeah. But uh, uh, BC takes over uh, after the turnover on downs there. They kick a field goal. It's 41-19. And then we start... <laughs> Calgary, third and 21. They hit Cole Tucker for the touchdown, and there's a holding call. See, there's some opportunities and some plays that Calgary left on the field here. I'm not, it wouldn't have been, it probably wouldn't have been a different result here, but it's just another one of those things where they had to settle for a field goal again. And then uh, they ended up getting a garbage-time touchdown at the end of the game. They drove 101 yards. BC took a roughing the passer and illegal contact. I don't want to read too much into it, but the, the penalty started to come into play. It's just like Calgary wasn't good enough to take advantage of uh, those plays and, and be a magical Dustin Crumback from earlier in the season. And BC just overmatched them and pretty much... Every single way, really, it was uh wild to watch. And hey, we got to point out, and they pointed him out on the broadcast over and over again. Josh Woods, number two, the BC Lions, hit 11 tackles, three of them for a loss, added a uh knockdown as well. What a monstrous game (laughs) that he had in this one! Uh, they only ended up having one sack, it was from David. Menard, and there was only one sack from uh, the Stamps, and that was Cam Judge on uh, Vernon Adams Jr. So there it is, man. We got the same final four as last year. BC's going to Winnipeg with a different quarterback than last November. Uh, Montreal's going to Toronto with a different quarterback for both teams than uh, last November as well. But what does this mean for the Calgary Stampeders going forward? Uh, Danny Austin made quite the tweet today saying that I think it was BC ended up spending $300,000 on players on the injured list throughout the season. Calgary's expenses were a million dollars.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Now, not only is that tough to overcome on a football field standpoint, that's tough to overcome in the accounting books. Like, (laughs) that's.
1: Yeah. That's a lot to deal with, man. It'd be interesting to see what some of the other teams are because, like, you got to think, like, Hamilton, Bo was on there for 12 12 weeks. So that's. Depending on like, I know his signing bonus wouldn't count to that, but that's that's probably a couple hundred thousand dollars just in him. Yeah. Uh, Trevor Harris was on there for twelve weeks as well in Saskatchewan. Masoli was in Ottawa. Uh, so uh, it'll be interesting to see if 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 even if Danny could tweet out the other teams because or third down or somebody can do it because it'd be it'd be very interesting to see if that's. uh if they're that much worse for the injuries as everyone else, and
0: well, I guess I think I, that might speak to the volume of their injuries because I don't know mm-hmm. if they had any guys getting paid close to that much. You know, their quarterback played yeah. all twelve games, so
1: yeah. our eighteen, sorry. 18. <laughs> yeah, no, that that's also true. Yeah, I I know they always they people release like the man games that miss due yeah. to injury and yeah. stuff like that. So it'd be interesting to check out that too. Uh,
0: Is Dave going to be? Doing the dual job in 2024. There's some rumblings about it. I think he still will be, but
1: I, 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 I kind of hope so. Like I, I like the CFL with Dave Dickinson as a head coach. Like I, he, yeah,
0: not, I do like, too.
1: Like I, I, he's just one of those guys. And and I'm. I said this to a friend earlier. To like when you when you watched his pregame speech that they showed on TSN compared to the speech that his brother did the week <laughs> previous or two weeks previously like, it just it just showed the contrast between their two styles, I guess. But like I like having a, a, a coach that's passionate and and he's good for the league. I just don't know if both roles are if that it weighed too much on him, maybe, or if he, he didn't have enough time to do as much coaching as he normally would. I worry if he if he leaves the booth or leaves the field and just goes up to GM and so what he kill him would probably take over there and I guess that seems to be the, the plan, but I don't know, man. I I just for entertainment value and for the the good of the league, I hope that Dickinson continues to coach for years to come. Yeah, I love
0: having guys like uh, O'Shea and uh, Dickinson on the sideline. That's uh, Yeah, like we miss watch.
1: the we miss the Wally Buanos and, yeah. and the Don Matthews and like the like all those guys who like were just so tenured and they they like it just they love football and and you love seeing them love football and it's just I don't know. These some of these newer coaches aren't working out. As much as we thought, like Clay Brooks in BC didn't work out. He was the fancy hire back then, right? And yeah. but then you do see some like Dinwiddie, who are who are working out. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there.
0: Well, the division finals are upon us, and uh, there were no upsets this week. There are no there were no covered spreads
1: <laughs> this week by uh, either team. I was two and zero. Oh, just, just y'all were one and one. Just saying. Yeah, I
0: was uh, one and one. I almost want to pick Montreal BC here. I maybe it's just what I'm cheering for. I don't know, but uh I I just those Argos, man. They haven't played a meaningful game since like last November. <laughs> Yeah, no that's will, fair, but they will, they've will been playing
1: of, like they they've been meaningful yeah. games though still. So Yeah. Yeah,
0: I I just yeah, and hey, if you watch their I watch their videos a lot like on TikTok and Twitter and stuff like that. And uh, I don't know if you saw at the end of that Toronto game, the end of the year when they beat Ottawa. They were trying to Gatorade <laughs> Didwitty, and he kept avoiding it. But they gave him the belt in the locker room, and he's dancing around with the players. And I think they, Gator, they got the Gatorade shower on him in the locker room. They just seem like a really tight-knit team. And when that happens, they become pretty difficult to uh, defeat. But we'll talk about all that. Coming up uh, this week, the West and East final. Thanks for uh, joining us to talk about semifinal weekend. Thanks for being here, Sheldon. I appreciate that. Always. Is that a Bon Jovi song? I think it is.
1: It's a probably one of the Sounds most like a popular good... <laughs> popular song titles of all time. Probably, <laughs> probably. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You can rate, review, and subscribe to Two and Out on your favorite podcatcher, and hey, uh, like and comment on uh, YouTube as well. As always, for the algorithm, baby, for the algorithm. We'll even if
1: you. you, even if you think I'm in your, you're in my head. Keep, keep, keep commenting. Yeah. <laughs> I just like to shout out our viewers, okay. <laughs> We'll talk to you soon
0: to get you ready for the division finals. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.